Welcome to It's No Secret, a podcast for Kiwis who want their money questions answered. Ready, steady, go. This podcast will answer the money questions you may or may not have on your mind. We'll talk to real Kiwis and share truths about our own financial lives, both the successes and the failures. Because the truth is, there is no secret to achieving financial freedom. Hello and welcome to It's No Secret. I'm Christine. And I'm Kat. And today we're answering the question of how should I be investing in the second half of 2022? (laughs) (laughs) Now, we are a little bit later in the year um, when we're recording this, so appreciate that it's more focused on the latter. Yes. Um, But with a lot of headlines in the news at the moment around rising interest rates, inflation and the increased cost of living, we wanted to take the time to yeah, think about how we are approaching or also task you with a few reminders around how you could be investing for the latter of 2022. Yeah. So before we dig into the points or suggestions, um, I wanted to highlight a few stats that are quite um, relevant to the discussion today. So firstly, according to Stats New Zealand, the annual inflation in New Zealand has just reached a 30-year high of 6.9% in the March 2022 quarter compared to the March 2021 quarter. This is the largest movement since a 7.6% annual increase in the year to June 1990 quarter. So yeah, that's quite, it's quite a lot and yep. I'm off the top of my head, I believe I was chatting to someone who was saying that the average roughly over mm. the ne- last three to five years um, has been kind of more between the like two to five percent yep. realm. Yep. And so it is like a, a significant increase. increase. Um, but on top of that, um, Brad Olson, a principal economic economist at Infometrics expects that the OCR um, will be sitting at around 1.75% to 2% at the end of the the year with interest rates continuing to also rise, pitching one year fixed mortgage rates to approximately 4%. Um, Yeah. Nice. So that is, yeah. Well, I say Definitely. nice, but it's not. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, you're going to be affected directly by this, aren't you? With yeah. The, your mortgage. mortgage. Yeah. Um, to put that in context, I guess, on the where the OCR, so the official cash rate, is currently sitting in New Zealand at 1.5%. So, you know, it, it's obviously still an increase that Brad is predicting. Um, however, it's not. I mean, we've obviously seen like, a significant yeah. increase already. So some yeah. of the um, changes that have happened around interest rates have already started to flow through. And most, you know, anyone with a mortgage mm. – Um, or even a savings account on the flip side, would have already seen (laughs) this happen. Um, And I think, yeah, the whole inflation thing is definitely no surprise to people, probably given that it's been getting a lot of airtime and, you know, people like to um, give the government a lot of crap around that and all, you know, it's very political. (laughs) Exactly. And it's easy to get wrapped up into what, um, you know, you should or shouldn't be doing or changing. But yes, it is easy to get caught up in headlines, right? And think that ultimately you have to change lots of stuff and react to all the news. Um, So, yeah, today. As Christine Ratley says, we're going to be highlighting some things that maybe you do and don't need to be reacting to. Exactly. So the first point that we wanted to make is ultimately nothing needs, absolutely needs to change if your goals haven't changed. So yeah, everything comes back to why are you investing and when when do you yep. need the money ultimately. So if you are investing for the long term, um, then a change in the short term isn't going shouldn't really yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't i don't really like using the word should but <laughs> yeah. shouldn't drive short-term changes 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. think this is the, a key one to remember. You know, we always say to people um, that if your goals and your situation haven't changed, i.e. you haven't had a material change to your personal life, like, you know, loss of a job or that kind of thing, mm. then, um, you know, economic factors and societal change and things in relation to politics are always going to happen around you. Yeah. you. We can't, you know, f- influence any of those and we don't have any control over the inflation rate yeah. or the interest rates. <laughs> or the future. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, the employment rates we've only got control over our own situation and what we're doing so mm. bang on ultimately nothing changes and i think it's really boring yeah it is boring <laughs> you know but it's reliable <laughs> it is definitely reliable it is definitely reliable and for anyone that's been investing for a while they will know that you know you read any um commentary around investment and your highest likelihood of success failure like your biggest Mm. problems that you run into is when you start making tweaks when you start reacting to news making changes to your portfolio off the back of you know short-term changes because ultimately none of us can predict the future and whilst brad is obviously doing his best to predict where the ocr (laughs) will get to ultimately he doesn't know either yeah exactly um i was just thinking about we were chatting with some family friends the other day who have been who have ridden through the GFC and kind of like yep. have been invested in or just had investments for quite a while and it it's just a nice reminder I guess you could flip this and look at it like this is like investing experience that you're getting in yes. some way because yeah. you're learning how to Manage Manage emotions. emotions. Yeah. (laughs) Through the peaks and troughs, really. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Which very nicely ties into um, what was going to be our last point, but is definitely worth our talking about now, which is, you know, for a lot of new investors, um, this may be their first you know, period of sustained market downturn or mm. their experience with, um, you know, a sustained decline, a bit of a bear market. Um, you know, there's not so much. We had the unusual situation in 2020 where there was like significant decline and then significant increase and, you know, very varied like peak and trough kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas this is more, you know, looking at the markets, the S&P and ZX 50 index is down almost 12% year to date. So we've just seen, you know, a steady decline of red, a steady, yeah. a steady yeah. transition into the negative yeah. since the start of the year. And that can be a very uncomfortable thing to experience if you haven't experienced it for the first time. Mm-hmm. It also makes it harder to continue with your regular investment plans if you don't have those automated. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you need to change something, it would be now is the time for automation and less time for human intervention Intervention. because logging in and seeing your account in negative and then investing the money that's sitting in that cash is a lot harder to do than potentially letting it just tick over, right? Yep, definitely. Um, my Some of my shares are currently down. I think they were down like 50% or something, but yep. I have just decided not to log in because I Great. just... <laughs> Great tip. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to look at them and that's yeah yep. something that you could do as well, but I also don't need to log in because I have automated it to your point. So. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I think now is a great time. And, you know, looking at the positive in any negative situation is when there's a market decline, Mm. it's a really good opportunity for you as an investor to basically lower your cost base. Mm. So what do we mean by that? If you are regularly investing over a period of time in both like, you know, market peaks and market troughs, you even out the price in which you're buying into the market somewhere in the middle. So let's say that you started investing throughout 2020 when the market was increasing, um, you know, recovering from like 
the COVID dip, you probably were buying in at various points when the prices were rising. You now have the opportunity to actually do the reverse of that, therefore reduce your overall like cost base. that's it's a good otherwise thing. known as like dollar cost averaging <laughs> your way. Correct. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you gotta gotta spin it into a win, guys. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. seeing red in your yeah, portfolio exactly. is making you a little uncomfortable. Do what you can to get through. <laughs> exactly. But yes, love the not logging yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Um what else? Well, I guess on the investments front, one for you, Christine, um, that we've talked a bit about, I know personally, is like sustainable investing and future proofing your investments, because this is something that's getting a lot of airtime at the moment. So um yeah, it, is this something I guess in your view that people should be looking into? Like what are we hearing about it? Yeah, definitely. Um so I think it is something that continues to get a lot of airtime for sure. And there's definitely more headlines coming out around sustainable investing or ESG investing, um, but not just with the environmental side as well. It's social and governance. So, mm-hmm. you know, a perfect example of this is for those Kiwis, you may have seen some recent headlines around some controversy with um, Nadia Lim and mm-hmm. some comments that were made about her. So, you know, there were some fund managers that also dropped um, – a particular yeah, company, a particular company yeah. as a whose result CEO of made very poor taste like yeah. comments, yeah, unethical comments, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know that is a really it's a real example of how how people conduct themselves in a, like a governance kind of setting yeah. um, can impact investments. Um, yeah, and definitely. So it's it is a consideration. There's also a lot more kind of options be- becoming available. So mm-hmm. you know, Colonel, we have a range of sustainable funds. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there are. And actually, there's a lot more data coming out around the performance as well. Not that mm-hmm. past performance should not <laughs> indicate future performance, but yes. it is a factor, right? In terms of For like, sure. I think there is a bit of a myth as well, or yep. I don't know if myth is the right word, but that sustainable funds or investments perhaps don't perform as well as yep. non-sustainable um, funds. And I think that is kind of looking at the data, starting to prove itself wrong. Definitely. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, doing research is, around those two. I think this is a really important one because you know we definitely know that um, obviously younger people and those that are investing care about the future of sustainability, the future of the world. You know, this is absolutely a good example of where you can you know, vote with your dollar, so to speak, outside mm-hmm. of just spending when you spend your money. Um, and you know, if any Kiwis listening, they may also know that the, some of the changes came in at the end of last year around KiwiSaver um, yes, and the requirements true. that fund managers that were, had KiwiSaver providers um, needed to meet, you know, more sustainable requirements. So mm. this is only going to become, I think, more prevalent and is certainly, mm. I'd hate to, tre- like, I don't want to call it a theme because it's not a theme or a trend. It's probably just more of a transition yeah. of like the t- whole industry. Mm. But, you know, if you were looking for something to do or change in your portfolio, um, with it that's not you know a wholesale yeah. change in yeah. relation to markets um that's more of a positive you know movement then i think this is definitely something that you could be looking at in 2022 yeah definitely and even just thinking about you know evs and things like that yeah. like the transition looking at industrial the industrial in- industry for example yeah. um dean the colonel ceo is super yes. passionate about this <laughs> um but thinking about like you know, other kind of material changes that are happening around mm-hmm. us and how mm-hmm. that might then impact or influence investments, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Love it. Yes. Love it. So how about 
rising interest rates, Kat, <laughs> I think. And also, you know, money, keeping money in the bank, what kind of impact yes. that might that have, but also with regards to mortgage. Mortgages. So, yeah, definitely. Because yeah. I think this is something we've chatted on before. People know that we often get into the bait of like, should I pay off debt or should I invest? Um, and that we have always been proponents of in a really low interest rate environment, that if you are comfortable with, you know, both paying off your mortgage and investing, then there's a lot of validity to that. Mm-hmm. Um, when we go into a situation where there are rising interest rates, this equation does start to shift for people, i.e. I know um, looking last night at some of the mortgage rates that Westpac were offering, kind of your one-year fixed rate is sitting at about 4.5%. Some of your floating rates are closer to 5%. Now, if you were looking at the decision of should I use my surplus cash to pay off more of my loan or invest, the hurdle to overcome to sway you in the investment camp is you'd mm. need to basically be guaranteed that those investments are going to return you at least what is being um, charged, what, yeah, yeah. charged yeah. as an interest rate. Mm. So, you know, when that interest rate was 1.5%, that's a much lower hurdle than when yeah. it's 5%. Yes. Um, so I think that potentially would be a trigger for some people to think about like re-looking at not only their budget, if they do have mortgages, to make sure that, you know, they've kind of future-proofed themselves against any increases, but also if you are in a situation where you are investing and paying off debt, um, potentially you want to, you know, re-look at that based on your comfort levels yeah definitely that's a great shout actually yeah to think about it in comparison yeah Yeah. and it's just I think a good time to kind of regroup if you haven't already in terms of like Mm -hmm. thinking through well yeah what's my comfort levels with interest rates going up if I do have a mortgage you know does this Mm -hmm. make me feel a little bit more conservative which is understandably so do I want to maybe just you know potentially pause my investments for a period of time and pay Mm. more off my mortgage. How does that make you feel? That kind of thing. Two questions on this. Yeah. Um, what kind of material impact is that having for you personally? Great Because question. you went through this exercise, <laughs> I right? did. I yeah. did it yesterday. <laughs> yep. Because um, our mortgage rates are still currently fixed at like a very low rate, but they will be coming off that in September. Um, and given I will be on maternity leave and we will be on one income at that point in time, I wanted to review our budget and just basically make some assumptions around where our mortgage rates will go to. So for us, the increased interest rates represent an estimated increase to our total loan repayments of about $10,000 a year. Oh, yeah. okay. So, so it's a, like that's a pretty decent yeah, amount. Because, it's not insignificant. Yeah. And, you know, Luke and I talked about it last night and we were like, well, we're lucky that we're in the situation when there's two of us working, we're both on good incomes. Mm. We already have surplus cash flow that we're using for other things that we could definitely redirect towards that. Therefore, we're not Mm. having to go through the experience of like reducing our living expenses to help with that. But I can also completely appreciate that if we were on one income and we have a young child, that that may not be the situation. So, you know, I guess the other thing to think about here is if you're saying your situation where you guys are still thinking about what does home ownership look like in the future, Mm. this is now a materially different interest rate environment to be running those calculations on versus what it was two years ago. And does that kind of potentially either shift your goals a little bit or just reset the parameters of what you were thinking? Yeah. So, I mean, on that, I haven't crunched the numbers, (laughs) but it does definitely deter me. I know like Mm -hmm. off the top of my head, it does mean higher repayments. 
Yes. So it means yeah. that we would have to sacrifice some yep. type of lifestyle for sure. thing, right? Where potentially previously you guys didn't really need to make that many changes to yep, your yep. discretionary. Now you may have to make some significant changes to discretionary if you did want to get into the home ownership space. Yeah, exactly. However, I do also think, and this is something I want to call out, is because it's a conversation that Ollie and I have been having with his family is, mm. you know, I guess – a lot of people bought property um, on the FOMO over yep. the last couple of years when it was like a property frenzy. And yes. now perhaps a lot of people are in the position where the, there's an increase in cost of living, interest rates are rising, so repayments are harder to make or yep. cost more to rather. Yes. And so, you know, and there's there are headlines around people possibly needing to sell their house because yep. they can't afford to, to make Maintain those. Re- that. Yeah. Yep. And so, I guess any thoughts around that <laughs> being if for someone possibly having those thoughts or being in that position oh, where true. they're like, if you're stressed about that, yeah, so, situation, you know, yeah, like maybe is it getting a flatmate? You know, yeah, that's a real simple kind Absolutely. of in my head. Yes, answer. yeah, if be you space. Yeah, because yeah. we, yeah, we know someone that obviously did that recently. That mm-hmm. um, they were like, due to their situation and the fact that interest rates are rising, they didn't want to be put under too much strain financially. So they had the space to be able to get a flatmate. Yeah. I think you know it's all <laughs> yeah. about compromise, right? It's yeah. like what can you compromise on more? Is it that yeah. getting say a flatmate or someone to help you pay your mortgage is better for you than say just trying to reduce your expenses? across the board Mm. or are you in a position you know depending on your family situation if you are on one income is this the time where potentially you look at one person returning to work or you know if you're in part-time is this a case where people go full-time like thinking about you know potentially families right where Mm. they've been able to make do with one person working full-time one person not or being at home um does the balance of that equation start to change um those are things to think about because you know we've talked a lot about you can only decrease the cost of living so much. Yeah, exactly. Right? And so, yeah. you know, you still have to buy toilet paper and yeah. bread and, like, milk. You can yeah. only, you know, you can't fight against inflation of those things. It There's a f- yeah. bit of a case of it is what it is. So yeah, totally. what are the other levers that you can pull? It's really your income. Um, it's looking at flexible situations around how you could potentially um, – you know, repay, chatting to the bank as mm. well, you know, d- depending on where you're at with your home loan journey, potentially looking at things like extending the life, like the term of your loan oh, yeah. um, to help over time. Yeah, all that sort of stuff, cool. I think. Yeah. The, the one caveat, I, well, I guess – hopefully positive thing I would say that we also have highlighted on the pod before is we typically have very low rates of default on mortgages within New Zealand. And that may or may not play out under this scenario, but I would like to believe that people will try and move heaven and earth to, you know, keep the roof over their heads for their families where they can. So I think that if it is something that's stressing you out, Stress is probably good in the sense that it's a bit of a motivator (laughs) into making us take some action. Um, And hopefully, yeah, that action can get us to a place where we can, like, make it through the hard times. Yeah. Okay. And one last one. Yes. (laughs) Because on the flip side, if you don't own property and Mm. in this conversation, you know, there's a lot of predicting that you can easily do. Um, Yes. And, like, because you start to think, oh, well, shall I wait? You know, like, I'm going to wait till all those. There's a magical market crash that's going to happen. Or, like, property will be, like, 500 Okay, yeah. <laughs> in Auckland, it'll be amazing. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And I, I know that, I mean, I, I can predict, I can yes. guess what you're going to say. Yep. But I think it's like a nice reminder for 
for everyone yeah yeah to think about the long term i'm sure (laughs) look i mean look as we said you know if you're not if you're not in the home ownership game yet and that's not what you're working towards then at least with rising interest rates you've got the benefit of your earning more on your savings so you know practical example our save account at kernel has just gone up to 1.9 percent like that's pretty awesome that it obviously hasn't been that high in a really long time so Mm. there are benefits that if you are working towards this um you know you can use it to your advantage it is interesting right like one of the things there was a really great article um, written by Ashley Church in One Roof recently about how the media tends to overplay headlines yes. and data. Um, and one of the things that has been getting a lot of airtime is, you know, the declining house prices or the housing market, particularly in Auckland. Um, and I think one of the headlines he highlighted was uh, the Auckland housing market has its largest decline since the GFC. Now, if you just read that statement, you'd probably think that that decline is like 20%, 30%, you know, (laughs) over the last quarter, it was only 2%. Mm. And that comes off the back of like two to three years of really, really incredibly like above average growth. Um, So if you are, you know, well, to go back to your first point, anyone can hypothesize, right, on where it's going to go. What I think we would say is for people that are working towards home ownership, if that's still your goal, you know, you shouldn't really be changing much. All you really Mm -hmm. want to be doing is maximizing your chances of success, you know, not necessarily waiting for this perfect market crash that may or may not happen, right? And so how do you either work towards um, saving more when Mm -hmm. interest rates are higher potentially restructuring things Mm. um you know if you had been looking at investing towards a home and the markets are flat and that might be the case for a while you know do you potentially need to make some tweaks can you push out your time horizon all those sorts of things flexible time horizon yeah this is a great example (laughs) yeah exactly exactly hopefully yeah yeah so i think um you know and i guess as well with rising interest rates anyway right it will probably readjust a few people's expectations around serviceability Mm. Um, you know, because if you were barely scraping in it, you know, a year ago on serviceability and a deposit, you're probably not going to be doing that now. Yeah. And so it might actually play out in a positive that expectations of first home buyers are kind of coming back to within what's um, reasonable. reasonable for yeah. you to afford as opposed to like pushing yourself to the limit. Therefore, when interest rates do increase, feeling really stressed. Yes, definitely. Don't wish that upon anyone. No. Um, <laughs> I was also just thinking, so Ollie's, uh, we were talking to Ollie's dad about you know what it's like to live in a high interest rate environment mm. and he was saying you know he back in the day remember 17 percent interest rates <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly and like the deposit for a house was something like twenty thousand yeah. dollars or something so yeah i guess it's just an interesting perspective or like scenario to think about really of yes. what it's going to be like when you do have because you know it's, sure. it's very possible that it could inflate back up yep. further than what, what it old is. mate um, Brad Olson is predicting. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And, and you know, as well, it may um, interest rates may stabilise where they are for quite some period of time. Yeah. You know, like we are obviously used to them declining. Maybe they're not going to be. Maybe they stay where they are. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think, you know, as we said, ultimately nothing changes if your goals haven't changed. We can't control interest rates. We can't control inflation. We cannot control the markets. Yeah. Um, it's really just focusing on what you want to achieve, what's your flexible time horizon, and what you can actually do to move the dial on that. Yeah. 
Yeah, love it. I feel like that kind of rounds everything out. Really it does. Nice. I mean, sorry, guys, this is really boring. There's no hot tips. Yeah, There's no, no like, oh, invest in cryptocurrency, do this or do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this stock's going to make you win. But I think, you know, <laughs> it's a really good time to reflect on probably all the things, right, that have been so different and how the market has changed so much since 2020. Like mm. in the last oh two, goodness, three yeah. years, right, it's like you've kind of been through every type of scenario and situation. And if that doesn't teach you that you cannot predict the future when it comes to investing i'm done <laughs> mic drop i'm, I'm out done. i'm out this is not the show for you yeah. <laughs> move on yeah next episode <laughs> exactly uh, cool. well love your work kate thanks so much for sharing all those great points no worries love your research yeah. <laughs> i feel like i'm going to double down on the unsustainable investing yes love it uh, cool well thanks everyone for listening um if you want to find out more about this episode and just generally chat to us slide into our dms you can head over to it's at it's no secret nz on the gram or um, our website www.itsnosecret.co.nz otherwise see you next tuesday chat then bye bye